Howdy folks, this is professional rodeo announcer Joe Coulter, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Slave the Cowboy. But before we get started, I want to ask you one question. What is a cowboy? Well, a cowboy is about character, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And you know when you scratch all that in the dirt, you're going to spell out the word Christ. And that, in its simplest form, is what being a true cowboy is all about. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride for the Lord. And may God save the cowboy. Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. It's been a long time. A few of you have heard this story. It's one of the wildest wreck stories that I've ever had. But um, I was breaking this horse, and it was the first time I was going to take this horse out of the round pen. And he, he could buck pretty hard. And so my dad saddled up Hanos. Y'all have heard me talk about Hanos. Dad saddled up Hanos, and I took this horse out into this water lot. And this water lot was probably about the size of where we're all sitting now. And um, anyway, I got out there and got him, of course, you know, I, I don't know what it's different. And I think a lot of times Christians feel like this because they're, um, you know, in church, you're like, yes, I'm confident. And then you go out into the world and you're like, uh-oh. What am I going to do now? What am I going to do when somebody asks me about Jesus or something like that? But anyway, I got on this horse, and he kind of had that wild-eyed look and everything like that. And you remember when Jared first got up here? That's what he looked like, that horse. Anyway, um, I got up on this horse, and he kind of started trotting off. And, you know, if, if you've ever broke horses for a living or done it very much, there's a feeling that you get when they start trotting off, and you're like, I know what's fixing to happen. It gets faster and faster and faster and faster. And by this time, we are tearing around this water lot. I mean, full blast. And it had a Texas fence around it. Now, a Texas fence is made mostly of air with a few barbs on it. And I just knew we were going to go over a fence. And so if you can imagine right here where this door is, that's where the round pin was. And there was a little like alley on the other side of it, there was a catch pin outside the round pin. And I went like down where those bleachers were and there was, there was a Texas fence right there. And on the other side of the fence were 55 gallon barrels that we used as trash barrels. We'd cut the top out of them and burn the trash in. And so they're all lined up. And I mean, this horse is flying guys. We're going around. My dad's trying to keep up on Hanos. It's like a, a turtle trying to keep up with a jackrabbit. And, you know, um, of course, it was probably better for Dad because I was peeing, and I didn't want to pee on him. And um, so, anyway, I was trying not to get him wet, and so I was running around this way, and this horse isn't stopping. I mean, it is. And, of course, I'm not jerking on him or anything because it, we're in a bad spot. You know, we're in a real bad spot. And so, anyway, we get up there, and I start shucking stirrups because we're, you know, we're three feet from this fence, and I think, we're going over and he hits that fence, and it bends, and his back end comes up, and I just knew that I was going to land on those barrels, and then that horse was going to land on me, and there was nowhere to go. And I thought, man, I feel sorry for Dad. He's fixing to watch me die. You would be amazed at how quickly you can say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, his back end came up like that, and I grimaced, peed, pooped. And then he came back down. Woo! And he turned around and he went the other way. Dad's still like right here. 
I'm coming, son. Just wait right there. I'll be back in a minute. So we come flying around back the other way. I stink, man. I done pooped my britches and it's making it a little slippery to stay in the saddle. We're coming around like this. And like I said, the round pin, if you would imagine, the round pin is outside the building and then there's a catch pin right here. And that catch pin was made out of two and three-eighths oil-filled pipe about five and a half feet tall with net wire. You know, if you put a horse in one of those type enclosure, it will always try to eat outside the pen so it pushes the net wire down. And as we come screaming around, and I kind of waved to Dad as I went by, this horse is coming around this way, and it decides that it doesn't want to be in the water lot anymore. And that net wire had been pushed down about this far, and that horse jumped between the top rail and the net wire, and I was still on his back. I said a really loud four-letter word that had to do with what was in my britches. I grabbed a hold of that two and three-eighths inch pipe as it clotheslined me. But the horse had to jump, so it mashed me up into the pipe as it went, and my feet hung in the stirrups. And as it went through, my feet hung, so I am horizontal hanging onto this pipe. I'm like this. And then my feet popped loose and my arms popped loose and I fell straight down, except the fence was still down about this high, so it bent me in half. And I'm like this. Of course, I didn't stay there long because, you know, my momentum carried me back. My feet come up like that and I smacked the two and three-eighths inch pipe with my shins, which caused me to fall straight on my head. You ever had the breath knocked out of you? If you've never had the breath knocked out of you for that, I am sorry. But I don't care how many times it happens, there is an instance that you think, okay, I just had the breath knocked out of me, it's no big deal. I'm gonna die! <laughs> Dad, this is it! <laughs> kind of like Sanford and Son, right? Not that I've ever seen Sanford and Son. It's that time. It's that time. And so I am laying there and I roll over. Dad finally gets there. Didn't. He bails off like an old calf roper. He runs over there and he goes, son, are you okay? Speak to me, son. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I couldn't. Daddy, I'm going to die. I can't say that, but that's the way I feel. So I try to communicate with my dad through sign language. He's like, son, son, are you okay? And I was like, this means I don't know if I'm fixing to die or not. Just if you didn't know sign language, that's what this means. Son, son, are you hurt? This means are you stupid? Did you see what just happened? I'm dying. That's what was going on inside of me. And then the good Lord stepped in. <gasps> oh my gosh. Broken tree, broke the saddle horn off, broke the tree in the saddle. It was a bad wreck. And you know, it's scary, guys. It really is when you can see the fear in your dad's eyes. He said that was one of the worst wrecks he had ever witnessed. And when it's your son having that type of wreck, he said, that was horrible. And I said, I think I'm okay. He goes, are you hurt? My freaking hair is hurting right now. So I kind of, you know, you do the, that works, that works, that works. So I kind of stand up, and that horse is looking at me like, did you see that? 
go get me a gun. Just go get the gun. I'm done. I'll pay the guy. Give him his money back. I'll tell him that he walked in front of a bullet. Dad said, are you okay? Like, yeah, I think I'm okay, Dad. He goes, good, get up. We got this horse to ride. I was like, what? (laughs) And I'll be honest with you guys, that is one of about four horses that I did not get back on that day. I had to go get my knee checked out because, you know, hit both top rails with my knees. And I, I just, I didn't get back on him that day. I got on him the next day in the round pen. Good grief. It was, it was pretty crazy. Do you remember me telling y'all the story about the guy trying out the horse in the Walmart parking lot? That was that horse. Here, I'll just ride this horse in the Walmart parking lot. I wouldn't do that if I was you. He broke my arm. I'm sorry that you're stupid. But seriously, does it feel like your life sometimes, no matter what people see deep inside, do you feel like your life is on a runaway horse most of the time? Maybe it's not going full speed, but you just feel like you're not in control of anything, that no matter what you do, it just seems like it's the wrong place, the wrong time. Do you feel like you've reached your tipping point? Do you feel like you've hit that fence and that you're coming over and that at the last minute you're still not sure if you're going to go over on top of the barrels or not? Is that the way your life feels? I think that if we were all honest at some point in time, and for most of us here and listening on the radio and watching online, you probably feel like that right now. Do you feel like nobody can help? That people are way over here, they, they mean well, but they just can't get to you. Do you feel like the spiritual breath has been knocked out of you and you're not sure if you'll ever breathe again? And sometimes you're not sure if you even want to? Do you feel like everyone just says, ah, dust yourself off, get back on, it ain't that big of a deal. But inside you're hurting, you're messed up, you've been in a wreck, you're in a wreck now. Do you know the answer to all of these questions is found in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, 8 through 10. In 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 8, John says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Let me read that again. If we claim we have no sin, and we are only fooling ourselves, and we are not living in the truth, everybody's a sinner. We, I mean, you hear that said all the time. Oh, I know I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I understand that. Nobody's perfect. I'm a sinner. Well, claiming to have no sin and acting like your sin is no no big deal is the same thing. Because we all say, oh, we don't have any sin. You know, or maybe we don't say that. Oh, yeah, we're no, well, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. Well, are you doing anything about it? Because claiming you have no sin and then just saying that you're a sinner without doing anything about it, it's the same thing. Jesus said he was the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. John says that if we do this, we are not living in the truth. You remember that? If we claim we have no sin, or we think our sin is no big deal, then we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. You know, he doesn't say live with the truth or living about the truth. He says you're not living in the truth. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And John says that if we do this, we are not living in the truth. The operative word being there, in. If you're not in the truth, then that means you're not riding with Jesus. You're only talking about it. 
And you know what? There's, there, there's a mistake in Christianity right now that says, oh, we can talk about Jesus, but we don't have to live with him. We don't have to ride with him. We can just talk about him. Well, I believe in Jesus. Are you just talking the talk or are you walking the walk? And by that, I don't mean that we got to become hypocrites and think that we're holier than everybody else. I'm talking about, are we trusting him? Like Renee and Diego and Paulina have done. Have you given everything to him? They came to a foreign country and sang in English. What would it be like if y'all went to Guatemala and tried to sing in Spanish? How about if any of you tried to sing, period? I sing just as good as Renee does to God. Operative word to God. <laughs> but if you're not in the truth, then you're not riding with Christ. You're just talking about him. Jesus said on the last day, many will say, Jesus is talking and he says, you know what, on that last day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy and cast out demons in your name? And Jesus says, I'm going to look at them and go get away from me because I didn't ride with you and you didn't ride with me. Just because you talk about it doesn't mean that you're riding with Christ. We've got to live in the truth, in Jesus. We've got to ride with him. We don't just talk about riding with him, we do it. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. On that last day, you don't want Jesus to look at you and go, get away from me, you counterfeit. You just talked about it. You never did it. Are you doing it? That's hard stuff. Real hard stuff. And in verse 9, John says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Confess your sins means to own up to what you did or you are doing. Are you making excuses for your sin? Ah, don't worry about that. You know, it ain't no big deal. Jesus will forgive me. Jesus. The Bible also says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You counterfeit or are you the real deal? You ready to ride or you just want to walk around and act like a big shot and talk about riding? There's a difference. You have to do that with God. Confess. But you can also do it with somebody else. You know, you can tell God, God, this is what I'm doing wrong, and I admit it. But you can also go to a brother. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The prayer of a believer is powerful and effective. He will forgive you if you confess your sin, and he will cleanse you of all wickedness. This is more for the kiddos. Or maybe not the kids, but even some of them my age. My son has a game, and I'm not asking you to agree or disagree or anything like that, but he has a game that he shoots zombies on. And I was watching my son play, and I came to realize that if zombies ever did attack, I want him on my team. He's really, really good at it. But I was watching him play the other day. I played with him for about 30 seconds, and he got tired of reviving me because I would die. So I just said, I'll just watch you play. And I watched him play, and all of a sudden he got this little blood deal, and he had like all this red like smoke around his character. And all of a sudden the zombies couldn't find him because he smelled like one of them, I guess, or something like that. I mean, he was going around. I mean, if he wasn't tearing them up before, he was tearing them up now. I was like, they ain't even trying to attack you. He goes, they can't see me when I got that little deal. I'm like, wow. But you know what? I was thinking just this morning... That that's what sin is. Have you ever seen somebody that they may go to church or something like that and they just walk around and they don't have any problems or anything like that because the world doesn't see them as Christians because they're filthy like the world is. 
they just blend right in. Ain't no, no big deal. They just walk around. Nobody gives them no problems or anything like that. But then have you seen what happens when you start trying to live for God? And everybody is like, when you start living for God, it's like you're getting attacked all the time. Well, the reason is, is that you're clean. You have been cleaned. You're no longer camouflaged in this world. The Bible says that we are a new creation, that we are not of this world. We're no longer camouflaged. We can't just walk around anymore and, and ride both sides of the fence. Oh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I had a buck one time. You sprayed that, that pee on you. Hey, they must have been riding horses to get that pee. But you, isn't that funny? Only hunters will spray themselves with pee to get that good buck. But you will because you'll want to camouflage yourself so they can't see you. But you know what? That's what sin does. But it also camouflages you from God. Make no mistake about it. Sin doesn't send you to hell. Sin breaks your fellowship with God. You can't find him anymore. You wonder, where's he at? You can't ride with God while you're carrying all that sin with you. And all you got to do is just go up and ask for forgiveness. Confess it. God, this is what I've been doing. I own up to it. I ain't making excuses for it anymore. I want to ride with you. I've made my choice. He will forgive you if you confess your sin. He will cleanse you. And in verse 10, he says, if we claim that we have not sinned, if we claim that we have not sinned, and there's two ways of doing that. You can either come right out and say, I have not sinned, or maybe you just don't confess your sins. Isn't that the same thing? Because it says, if we claim that we have not sinned, but if you're not telling God about your sin, you're claiming that you haven't sinned. If we claim that we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar. Now, I've, I was I was really tempted to, to, to pass out a test right here, and... Um, but I don't want to call anybody out because somebody might mistake the question. But here's the question. Don't raise your hand. If you think it's a good idea to call God a liar, raise your hand. No, don't raise your hand. Come on, man. This is the Almighty we're talking about. John uses strong words. He says, if we claim that we have not sinned or we're not confessing our sin because we don't think it's no big deal, we are calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. Now, what is God's Word? God's Word is Jesus Christ made flesh. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word of God. John says, if we claim that we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His Son has no place in our hearts. If you ain't confessing your sin, then you're saying you don't have any. Once again, John says that if you treat your sin like no big deal, then you don't have Jesus in your heart and you ain't riding with Him. And not only that, but you're calling God a liar. It's hard stuff. And if you think that's hard... I'd love for you to see my heart beating really hard right now with what I'm fixing to have to do because I have three confessions to make. I've been preaching about being a hypocrite for four weeks now, and I confess that last week I did exactly what I told y'all not to do. I was a hypocrite. On Facebook, there was a deal that I was talking to a girl about, and I'm not going to tell you what it was about, but I sat there and I criticized another person on Facebook, in public, without going to them in private and telling them about it first, like the Bible says. And I wrote an article condemning, not condemning, but saying that that wasn't right. If you have a problem with your brother, you go to that person and you go to that person in person, you man up and you go to that person and say, this is what I'm mad about. Now, if you don't want to do that, then you just forgive them. But you don't go talk to somebody else about it and run them down. And that's exactly what I did. And she called me out on it. And you know what I had to do? 
I ask her for her forgiveness. And then to a complete stranger that doesn't know me from Adam, I had to send an email message and say, I need to ask for your forgiveness because I said something negative about you on Facebook. And I'm a preacher and I preach against that and I was a hypocrite and I need to ask your forgiveness. And not only that, but did I put it on our web page or our fan page with 20,000 people that said, I'm a hypocrite, I confess it, and I ask your forgiveness. And I'm asking y'all's forgiveness now too. I am so sorry. And I'm not preaching against hip hypocrisy anymore. I can't, because I'm a hypocrite. I didn't mean to do it, it wasn't on purpose, but I was. That's the first thing. My second confession is this. I've had my feelings hurt over some attitudes in the church, and that means here, online, and on the radio. I've had my feelings hurt over some attitudes in the church, and I didn't go to those people directly. I have felt like people held me to a standard that they didn't hold themselves to, and that made me mad, and I was offended by it. There have been people in this church and I'm not saying that they're here right now or not here right now. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about an attitude, not a person. I have been held to an accountability standard that people will not hold themselves to. And I was offended by it. And I said stuff about it to other people instead of going to those people and saying something. And for that, I ask your forgiveness. I've felt like everything God says through me is praised on Sunday and forgotten about on Monday. That makes me feel worthless, ineffective, and that what I do doesn't matter. That's the way I have felt, and I will ask your forgiveness for it. I've felt worthless because I want y'all so bad to have that saving grace with Jesus Christ, and I see some of you just not doing it. And although it's not my responsibility, your responsibility with Jesus Christ is one and the same, but I had a bad attitude about it, and for that I ask your forgiveness. I felt like nobody wants the preacher up in their business, but they'll sure be quick to leave and talk crap in public if the preacher says one little thing or does something that they don't agree with. I had a guy tell me this morning, he said, man, you made me real mad. Made him mad personally. And he's still hearing for that. I'm not going to look at you, but thank you very much. But if I have made you mad, if I have offended you, come talk to me. I will humble myself. I may not agree with you, and it may make me mad. But I don't care. I care about you. I care about each and every one of you that are here today. I live for you. I am your servant. And the last thing that I have to confess to y'all, I yelled, literally screamed at my daughter and made her cry. Ollie, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That ain't right. That ain't right. Because God don't yell at me. And then I turned around and did the very thing to my daughter that God does not do to me. We must confess our sins in front of people. And I tell you, it ain't easy. But riding for God ain't easy. Because sometimes you got to eat crow, and I promise you, it don't taste good. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And love your neighbor, especially your kids as yourselves. Hey, listen up. I know God was really talking to you today. If you'd like to hear the whole story, get online and get it at www.savethecowboy.com. There you will find all you need to get where Jesus wants you to be. No matter how long or little you've been riding with him. You ought to know by now that I ain't going to jerk your leg. Okay, <laughs> maybe just a little bit. But this one ain't no story. This here's the truth. We need you to saddle up with us and keep this gospel being spread to cowboys and cowgirls like you. I'm asking you to go to SaveTheCowboy.com and make a donation to help us out. This program was brought to you in its entirety due to the generous donation of Western LLC. 
They are a turnkey development company for the oil and gas and aviation industries. If you need it built to put something in, there ain't a better Christian-valued company to call on than them. Visit them at westernllc.com.